Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR, 8.55am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon till one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people um, listening in to the show today. I'm very honoured to have you. And the land, of course, all the lands were stolen and never ceded. And acknowledging that some of the language, much of it indeed, used in this show is of a Western or Anglo-Saxon nature. And we acknowledge all the ways to do gender identity and expression on all the lands of the earth since humanity began. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, hosted by yours truly, Sally Goldner, pronouns she, her. And the ways you can do it, you can email out of the pan eight digits eight five five. That's um, out of the pan eight five five at gmail dot com. You can SMS six one four five six seven five one two one five. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so. And it's Stone Cold Steve Austin's birthday on Friday. Happy birthday, Stone Cold! I'll have a Sally Wiser for you. Um, and look for the posts on Facebook on my page, Sally Goldner AM. And out of the pan, 3CR, 855 AM Melbourne. Remember, any opinions on the show are my own. At one point, there may be mention of difficult content, so in which case you can call QLife, um, reach out for help, but um, in, um, in if needed, call QLife, including Switchboard in Victoria and Tasmania, 1-800-184-527. Well, it's been, we stagger to the end of this year, metaphorically speaking, it's just been one of those years where, sadly, um, things have been delayed or um, not happened and similar. And one of them was a project declaring that I was going to have some interest, possibly financial, in this a great project called Flesh After 50, which um, looked at um, women's bodies for those in that 50-plus bracket, said the person who turned 55 in October. On the line to talk about um, Flesh After 50 is the curator and artistic director of, um, we'll say, the event and organisation, um, Jane Scott. Jane, welcome to 3CR. Thanks, Sally. Thanks for having me. Yeah. An absolute pleasure. Um, let's start. Um, well, what what is Flesh Out of um, What was the, we'll say, what are and were and hopefully still will be the aims of Flesh After 50. Just uh, tell us a little about um, the, pro- I'll call it the project, if I may, um, to get yeah, us rolling. Sure. Yep. Uh, well, uh, I was approached by uh, a woman called Professor Martha Hickey, uh, and she's the Deputy Head of Obstetrics and Gynaecology at the University of Melbourne and works out of the Royal Women's Hospital, and she specialises in menopause um, and working with a whole range of communities around menopause. Um, And she approached me about four years ago now and said that the health messages around um, menopause and also just in general terms of older women's health was not really cutting through. And Mm -hmm. she started to think maybe we could approach this differently. Uh, She thought maybe we could do an exhibition Uh, And so we started working um, on putting together this idea that was a a visual arts-focused exhibition first up, and then what we wanted to do was marry that with um, events and public programs that tackled issues around older women's health. So that was how the project was 
born. Um, and we started working with a whole range of stakeholders and artists and interested people. Um, and the project really got up momentum when we were very successful in uh, getting a major grant through Creative Victoria um, to really kickstart the project. So we were able to actually commission artists to produce new work uh, and we got almost there, almost there. We were literally two weeks away from opening night and uh, I was down at the Abbotsford Convent, which is the venue for this event, mm -hmm. and uh, we got the call saying, sorry, COVID, we're going to have to shut you down. Um, and so we had to pack up everything uh, and put it on ice, so to speak. Um, like so many arts projects, it's mm. been devastating to sort of have to wait and wonder whether or not we would actually see these projects through. So um, uh, we've just sort of come back and and trying to get it back on track so as that uh, we can present the exhibition and the events in March 2021. Yep. So that's the sort of brief potted history. But um, it feels, and, and with a number of the advisory panel and group that I've been talking with, it feels, you know, more relevant now because one of the things, public programs that we've wanted to add in is, is just the devastation um, for a lot of women that, you know, that people are talking about, of course, that women have um, unfairly, mm. uh, you know, really suffered through COVID mm -hmm. and that a lot of the finances and support mechanisms that have been put in place by government haven't really addressed that. Um, and so we feel that, you know, we really want to address that within the program as well. Um, and again, particularly for women over the age of 50. So we, we still feel that's very relevant um, and uh, will be incredibly dynamic. We, we also, the three years leading up to um, when we closed down this last March, um, we ran a program called 500 Strong where we invited women over the age of 50 to come in and be photographed nude. That was just one specific project with an artist called Ponch Hawks. And we photographed about 400 and I think we got to about 440 um, before we closed down. But that'll be a huge installation and represents sort of everybody, um, uh, so to speak. And uh, that was one of the kind of key projects. But there are another 18 artists were commissioned um, to produce new work. Uh, and all of the artists are very generously just stored their artwork. Uh, my house is full of <laughs> artwork and merchandise and, and all of the installation um, is all being stored. Um, but uh, it's just a fantastic, it should be a fantastic and it will be a fantastic celebration. We just have to get over this last hurdle to get it up and running. Um, yeah. But, you know, a big thing, a big part of this was really bringing women together to focus on issues around older women's health and the public programs that we put together, we really wanted to make sure that all of this was as free as possible. There will be some um, performances and paid events 
um, like dinners and things um, with guest speakers. But uh, the majority of the public programs and the exhibition itself will all be free for people to come. And I know as, you know, a woman who's well into her 50s that um, getting um, professional help around menopause particularly can be a very expensive and tedious kind of mm-hmm. um, process. So I really wanted to create, and we had access to all these fantastic um, uh, medical experts through the Royal Women's Hospital um, and through Martha's Connections that we were able to call upon to actually speak. So, you know, I kept saying to people, you know, come to this session. It's like everything you want to know about menopause but couldn't afford to ask anybody. Um, so there'll be free sessions where people can just come in and hear about what the health issues are, what the latest information is around HRT and, you know, all of that sort of stuff is going to be tackled. Um, we have sessions programmed also around just my body talking about, you know, what, what's actually happening for people as they grow older. Um, and there's sessions like my safety, and also now we really wanted to address COVID, um, and that links in with a session we were doing anyway, which is about my mind, which is talking about older women's um, mental health, um, you know, keeping a healthy body, but also keeping a healthy mind um, is also really important. So... Um, lots of those sorts of programs, but then lots of fun stuff as well. We had, you know, Anna's Go-Go Academy um, is going to run workshops specifically for women over 50 to do some go-go dancing. The Women's Circus is going to run workshops for women. Um, The Hotham Street Ladies, who are one of the artist groups that are in the program, if you ever wanted to create a vagina cupcake, now's your chance to learn how to do it. Um, So lots of fun stuff as well as... Um, you know, obviously talking about the issues. Yep. So a lot, lot to unpack in there. Um, and I said, thank you. You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, a, a really good overview to start with. And I, you do mention, I do want to mention principal partners. You mentioned Creative Victoria, the Royal Women's um, Hospital Foundation and supporters, the Bonus, or Bonus Family Foundation. Bonus, Bonus, yep. Bonus mm-hmm. Abbotsford Content, Un, um, Convent, University of Melbourne. One that's very important to me with tongue in cheek, Night Mattingly Coffee Roasters. Now you're talking. And I just can't quite, can't quite read the last logo on the website there, which has some white um, lexicon. Um, oh, that's our wine sponsor. Mm. Oh, equally, equally important as well. Very important, our and, wine sponsor. Look, yeah. we've mentioned all the others, so in fairness, we will give them one mention. Um, that just couldn't quite, can't quite read the name with my uh, over 50s eyesight, perhaps, um, of the name of the, the, of the sponsor um, for that one. So I wanted to mention... No, I know, and I'm looking at it too. It, it, I think it's Levin Park. Levin Park, it is. Yeah. Um, see, there we go. So we see, this, here's some unconscious bias, which we love uncovering on this program. But you know a, what it is, Sally? It's, it's over 50s and we need our glasses to actually read the fine print. The, the frightening part is, and I hope the driving licence inspectors aren't listening, I've got my glasses <laughs> on and I still can't read it. <laughs> um, anyway, seriously, this is um, Out of the Pan, a program covering pansexual issues, which covers the LGBTIQA plus communities. Um, yep. Wanted to focus a little on you know implications for, for that because, I mean, one of the mm. things, if people aren't seeing their... And also I wanted to mention we opened with Jenny Morris' Body and Soul and you touched on how body connects with soul. So anyone would think this program was planned. But did want to just zero in a little on the um, the rainbow communities and mm-hmm. implications for trans women, for um, those that say assigned female who identifies non-binary mm-hmm. and um, cisgender women who may be lesbian, bisexual, queer. 
Um, mm. You know, sort of what what can be some implications and um, you know, yeah. sort of inclusion of them because it's important in anything we get a diverse range of populations and then going beyond say my lived expertise you know women of color aboriginal and torres strait islander women with disabilities and many many more so let's focus a little bit on on that part yeah particular part that that was brought to the table very early on in the project and we wanted to make sure that we uh, related across all of those areas Um, and certainly within the um, the panels on every single talk that we do, we made sure that we had a great cross-section of representatives. So we made sure that Transgender Victoria, um, we've been working with uh, Michelle McNamara, uh, we made sure that there was always somebody from uh, uh, Transgender Victoria who was involved in, in offering up a speaker in each of those sorts of areas in yourself, as you know, um, mm-hmm. as part of this program. Um, but it was really important. Also, we, we have representatives from Eating Disorders Victoria, uh-huh. um, Women's Health Victoria, um, and also the wonderful Fiona Patton is involved in oh. the program. Um, so we've got a whole range of organisations that we know then can represent and create a voice to make sure that everybody is included. Um, so, yes, we we have been very mindful of that. Um, you know, we're not always going to be successful to have every mm. voice. That's, you know, um, but we certainly uh, have tried to have as many as, as we can. And, you know, in terms of representing Indigenous artists too, we've made sure that, um, that is built into the program as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we have to make sure, and mm. but nobody wants to be ticking boxes. You want it to just yeah. be a natural flow of if you're discussing these issues, then, of course, you would want to include, um, uh, you know, people that can represent and, and make sure that people understand all of the diversity that exists. So we've certainly tried to do that within the program and we'll be pushing for that again um, when we uh, rebook everybody again. But it's, you know, uh, I just love reading through the list of organisations that have got behind um, the program and and I feel that it really will um, capture uh, and express a diverse range um, yeah. Within the 500 strong, where people actually came in to be photographed, it was just fantastic. The people who turned up to be photographed, and we, you know, we were really humbled by the personal stories which we've tried to capture. Um, and you know, in terms of um, diversity, it is just extraordinary. Uh, and and you know, we didn't advertise, we didn't push for it. It naturally happened. Um, which was a really nice thing to see. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, word got out and, um, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's been quite humbling, actually, the people that have come forward and participated yeah. and, and shared their very personal perspectives, which is just brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I'm wanting to add two things there. First of all, that, um, you know, I, I'm declaring any possible interest that I heard about this project through Transgender Victoria and my colleague there, Michelle McNamara, um, whom you yeah. mentioned. And second, yeah. I was due to be photographed. And, of course, with all the lockdowns, it didn't happen. And I I'm, know. I know. Look, um, <laughs> is there any <laughs> chance it still could happen? Well, as, you, as you're also aware, that um, uh, one of the things that we realised was that we needed to raise another $50,000 because, you know, whilst we 
um, were able to kind of close the project down and, and pay everybody that was owed money um, with the grant money that we had at the time, um, we have to re-employ people, obviously, to do it all over again. Um, and so we're currently doing a, a massive fundraising campaign. We wanted to do another photo shoot and Ponch um, Hawks very generously offered to actually do it for free. But it's the cost, <clears throat> excuse me, the cost of actually reprinting up or printing up all of the photographic images that we just have to make sure that we've got enough money to do it. Um, so we're really waiting on the outcome of the current fundraising campaign um, just to make sure that we can actually afford to, to do it all. Um, but, yes, there was very disappointed people, and I know, Sally, you were one of them as well. Um, but that, that program also, it just generated so much interest. We, we went out to Shepparton and also to Geelong Regional Galleries, and they allowed us to set up um, studio space, and we photographed women for, um, I think we did a, a weekend in Shepparton and two weekends in Geelong, um, and we were just, again, overwhelmed by, you know, women wanting to participate in, in that program. So, you know, if we can, we will. Um, but, uh, yes, I'm just very mindful at this point in time that we don't um, extend ourselves um, because of COVID. Um, I mean, the last thing we want is to, you know, not meet our financial obligations. So of I'm being course. very cautious. Yeah. All right. Well, cautious is fair, said this trained accountant. But I will, <laughs> I will say and to all our listeners, if you want to support this, so I can, I can get in there and be proud of my body, which I've had a journey um, as the unique combination of body and soul that this person is. You can go to fleshafter50.com and click on the support button and donate now because it's all supposed to buy a charitable organisation, being the Royal Women's Hospital Foundation. Um, Donations of $2 or more are tax deductible. So there you go, um, 3CR listeners and podcast listeners to to the show. Um, You can um, support this by, um, and you can see this body, which is... um, I have to say, in the spirit of the show before us, out of the blue, our marine show, but I've been swimming in the pool three times a week and I'm going to feel, I have to say, the proudest of my I, my body I've, I've ever felt in all of it, in every way. And so I'm happy to show it off um, largely, you know, overwhelmingly skin. So there's an incentive for listeners or some, well, some might say it's a disincentive. Um, what do you get for second prize? To use an old gag. But seriously, um, fleshafter50.com support. Donate now and let's see if we can make my dream come true or something like that. But seriously, it is really important because, you know, there are all sorts of diverse women with diverse bodies of shapes and size and how they were assigned and all sorts of things and, you know, all sorts of backgrounds and then diverse back attributes. So it's really important that we get all sorts of people in there and support the program. Yeah, and and the project at the end of the day is really just to break the stereotypes and, and challenge people to just stop, um, you know, making assumptions about people. You know, Absolutely. Based on, yeah. So it's, uh, and and we hope that it will be a really healthy journey for all of the people that have participated. But, you know, we're hoping that young people will come and see the show, um, that there'll be, you know, a diverse range of people will come in and just actually relax about the way that that older women's bodies look, you know, that they do come in all shapes and sizes and colours and um, and that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. 
Um, that's what we call the body beautiful. What a good way to finish on. Jane, <laughs> thanks so much for your time on a Sunday. I do hope that um, it all comes back together and we can do it all as we would have wanted. Um, and um, most of all, have a safe and happy season. We can now say that with 18 and mm. a half days of this year to go. And I'm going to put, I'm not a gambling person, but I'll bet any money that 2021 has got to be better than this year. So you stay safe and well and all the best for flesh after 50. Thanks, Sally. Thanks very much to Jane Scott, um, a curator and artistic director of Flesh After 50. Um, and yes, a worthy project. I'd still want to be involved. Let's have another body song while we're at it um, very quickly. And um, let's have a listen to Eiffel 65. And they're going to move their body. 3CR, 855 AM 3CR, digital 3cr.org.au, 3CR, on demand, out of the pan with Sally.
I'm Tash Sultana, and you are listening to 3CR. Please subscribe. Do yourselves a massive favour. Thank you very much. Three CR. <clears throat> oh, why does it always want to cough? Just as you come on here. Three CR eight five five AM. Three CR digital. Three CR dot org dot au. Three CR on demand. Thanks again to Jane Scott for guesting, being the first guest on the show. Um, Dylan from um, Vixen Collective will be coming up shortly. Um, but do want to mention something. This is where I will issue the content warning for. Um, well, lot you know, trans people who are um, well who have been in the news in difficult circumstances. First of all, just um, every pink, white and blue strength and soothing vibe to the family of um, Bridget Flack, who, um, you know, it would be seen this time on um, just coming up to 12.30 on Sunday that um, is sadly no longer with us and um, hasn't quite been, to my knowledge, um, certain um, um, for certain yet. A very difficult week, won't say any more out of respect to the family, but it must have been so difficult knowing whether to publicise whether Bridget was trans or not, something that a cisgender person, you know, if the person was cisgender, wouldn't have had to deal with amongst all the other issues. So huge, huge, huge vibes to you, to you and family. We also, sadly, um, not so publicly and not through, you know, well... I'll say in different circumstances, lost a trans pioneer in the last um, week and a half. Dale Crane, also known as Dale Hewitson, a pioneering trans man in Australia, um, passed away um, the week before last um, after a very long, nearly five-year battle with forms of cancer. And now my heart goes out to all the wonderful trans men in the shed, in particular, if I may say so, to Andrew Eklund. Um, I work very closely with Andrew we would drive around the countryside doing work for Transgender Victoria and, well, we'd try to solve a few of the world's problems, but in the midst of that, um, Andrew's love for Dale was huge. Um, haven't heard of any public um, or sort of open, I'll say, commemoration of Dale's life yet. Um, if I do, we'll let you know. Um, certainly um, either uh, on next week's show, the last for the year, or... Um, you know, or by um, if over the, the break when I'll be having some replays for, throughout the last week in December and all of January, um, let you know there. I knew Dale really well, not as well as Andrew, but he was on the committee of Transgender Victoria for a while. One of the things when people think about committees, oh, we've got, have we got skills? Have we got, say, legal skills or finance skills or marketing skills? Well, there's intangible things like a warped sense of humour, and Dale had it. And when Dale and my friend of mine, Lauren, were on TGV's committee, by gosh, can we made, they made committee meetings fun and achieved things for the community. And he was a, just a lovely, lovely human who, through massive adversity, um, sort of kept going. And he will be, well, his physical presence will be sorely missed, but, well, his spirit will live on for sure. Anyway, um, I also, um, I shouldn't just say anyway, really, really huge on that. Um, I wanted to play a track before um, to lead us into Dylan, which someone put me on to, a friend Jess during the week, um, put me on to this, who also just gave me some support, which I needed during the week. Um, it's just been a bit challenging um, on a few fronts lately. And um, found, I have told me about this artist. Now, there will be some minor language warnings in this, in context, though, I think, a word beginning with F. But I really like this. This artist, Grace Petrie, and a track called Black Tie. So um, have a listen to this one and enjoy, and we'll have Dylan on the line thereafter. 3CR, 
855 AM 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. It's a jungle out there The year 2018 I didn't think We'd still be sorting babies into blue and pink And all our progress Well I wonder what it means That the only girls close that work for me Turn out to be boyfriend jeans Well that's fine Cause I decline A narrow set of rules that just don't work Cause these red lines they're not mine And if you need me You can find me ironing my shirt Cause I'm in black tie tonight Get a postcard to mine Year 11 self In a year 11 hell Saying everything's gonna be alright No, you won't grow out of it You will find clothes that fit is the future we're a patriarchal structure and you never will surrender to a narrow view of gender and i swear there'll come a day when you won't worry what they say on the labels on the doors you will figure out what's yours and it's a bloody nightmare Trying to fight the spread of bigotry and fear That's uniting Piers Morgan and Jermaine Greer And all our progress, yeah I wonder who it's for When I dare to utter that trans lives matter here And all I got was a turf war, well that's fine Cause I decline Your narrow set of rules, they just don't work These red lines, but they're not mine and if you need me, you can find me ironing my shirt Cause I'm in black tie tonight Get a postcard to mine Year 11 self in a year 11 hell Saying everything's gonna be alright No, you won't grow out of it You will find your clothes that fit And the image is the future We're a patriarchal structure And you never will see to a narrow view of gender And I swear there'll come a day When you won't worry what they say On the labels, on the doors You will figure out what's yours You will figure out what's yours And that it's got Nothing to do with fitting neatly in a box That was constructed to make it seem Like people come in just two teams and anything that's in between ain't good enough And you will love And you'll be loved And you're in black tie tonight Get a postcard to my year 11 self In a year 11 hell Darling, everything's gonna be alright No, you won't grow out of it you will find clothes that fit And the image is the future We're a patriarchal structure 
structure No, you never will surrender To that narrow view of gender And there's folks you've yet to meet But you're exactly up their street And they've been waiting just as long To hear someone sing this song And better days are on their way When it won't matter what they say On the labels, on the doors You will figure out what's Gender folky country music on 3CR out of the pen. Who to thunk at 3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand out of the pen with Sally. Yeah, thanks to Jess for putting me on to that. I, I, I don't know whether I need to go out more, stay home more, or look at the right channels more or something. Grace Petrie and Black Tie. And if you want to watch the video of that, which is also awesome as well, you can look for Grace Petrie Black Tie official video and you'll see it. And there's also a concert that comes up in your YouTube selection thereafter. Well, um, whatever your sex, gender, body, sort of a bit of a theme of the show today, um, it has been a tough year, but it's certainly been a challenging year for one group in particular. Um, That group, however, has an important day on their calendar to talk about, and I'm talking about sex workers and to um, talk about that and other issues affecting um, the um, sex workers from Vixen Collective. I'm joined on the line by Dylan. Dylan, thanks for your time on 3CR today. Hi, Sally. Thanks so much for having me on. And could I just clarify, please, if it's okay to ask, which pronouns you use, if any? I use she, her. Of course. uh, Mine are they and them. They and them pronouns because, of course, we love busting binaries on this show. But um, (laughs) that's what we do. But seriously, it's, um, you know, been, well, there's a few things to talk about. It's been a long year, but first of all, I think I'm, I'm just going to jump ahead a little to the future. Well, at the time of broadcast, four days ahead, because 17th of December is a very important day each year for um, sex workers. Tell us about what that day is and what it might mean to you and um, sex workers. Sure. So December 17 is International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers. Um, it's observed yeah, annually on December 17, I guess, as I just said. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's a really important day for, for sex workers to, to come together and, I guess, you know, reckon with the experiences that our communities have, um, you know, in different parts of the world um, and in so-called Australia. And I think also to celebrate our, our resistance you know, and our resilience and strength as, as a community. Yeah, which it is important for all, you know, sort of communities who face, I'll just use the term negativity through no thought of their own. It does lead to a quick question. Um, was there a particular point that um, started um, that day? Um, so why it was 17 um, December and was there anything in particular that um, led to it happening yeah. when it first observed in 2003? So it was originally conceived as a, as a, a memorial, really, for the victims of the Green River Killer in, in the United States and in Seattle, um, and it's evolved since then into a, you know, I guess a really powerful international event that happens every year. Um, 
you know, and it really is a way to call attention, I think, to the different, uh, unfortunately, many different layers of violence that um, that we do experience as sex workers, um, and the you know the stigma that that informs that violence, as well as the laws that that inform that violence. Yep. Oh, that that it is a sad thing that we do have to acknowledge that. I mean, I, as a was a trans person, but not a past or present sex worker. Of course, twenty November every year, Trans Day of Remembrance, which you know started mm. in parallel ways. Um, Absolutely. So very very important that we do think about these things, and um, you know, it, you know, sort of violence will take all forms and. Uh, perhaps let's lead into that. We tend to, we tend in our society, you know, mass, we'll say toxic masculinity dominated as, as it sadly is, to think of violence, let's say, in the physical form. But of course, violence can take many other forms. How does that link into, mm. um, well, this day? And of course, we're now beginning to link into what people have experienced this year as well, particularly sex workers. Yeah, I, look, you're absolutely right. And I think that. Um, you know the way the way that I think about this, I guess you know as a as a queer and trans person as well as a as a sex worker, is that um, you know there are so many different layers to the the violence that we all experience, or you know, and that some of us experience more than others. Um, and I, I think that um, you know this year, what I'm thinking a lot about is the I guess the, the structural violence that sex workers in in Victoria have experienced this year that's so closely connected to. Um, to the laws that we have, to the licensing system, mm-hmm. you know, this has been a, a, you know, as I know, as I know, you're aware, Sally, like a, a really horrible year for sex workers in, yeah. in Melbourne and Victoria more broadly, and and of course, you know, for um, for sex workers um, all around the country, um, and in Victoria, I think the experience that sex workers have had, um, you know, during during the during the lockdowns, during the pandemic, um, during restrictions, um, has been, uh, you know, increased policing um, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, lack of access to, for a lot of people, to, to basics, to things they really need. You know, people have struggled to pay rent or to, you know, to support their families um, and to, to access any kind of um you know, any kind of formal government support in many cases. And, you know, to me, that is a form of violence. I think that, you know, I think that poverty is, is violence. Um, and in Victoria, we're already, um, you know, we're already saddled with this um, just, uh, you know, just really appalling, um, appalling, dangerous system, um, which is, of course, um, as you've heard from from Vixen many times before, um, yeah. uh, you know it's the licensing system, and it's a it's a failed system. Um, the failure is baked in, and it really divides it divides our community in two because it uh, you know it it creates this two tiered um, this two tiered sex industry really, where you have uh, some sex workers and businesses who are able to at least attempt to comply with. Um, these really exacting laws we have in Victoria, um, and you know, if you're working within the framework, then you're, you know, you're uh, compromising often on your safety strategies um, and um, on your ability just to, to carry out your work in the way that suits you best. And you're, you know, submitting to huge amounts of state surveillance, um, including by the police. And if you can't comply with those with those laws, which you know is, is of course very mm. challenging um, for many people, then you're forced to operate um, outside of that framework and then you're subject to, you know, an even more intense degree of um, 
you know, police targeting and lack of access to services and discrimination um, because you're criminalised. And in the case of some workers in Victoria, your you know your work is explicitly criminalised. So for, for street-based sex workers, oh, yeah. um, so you know, like I could obviously I could um I could probably write your novel about this, Sally. But I think that's what I'd really love people listening to take away is that the mm. system itself is violent, and 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 that system is actually what leads to some of that um you know like you said kind of direct interpersonal physical violence. That's probably what um what pops to mind first for most people. Yeah, no, I think I think you've hit you've really gone right right on to the you know the the you know the proverbial um you know gist of it there that it does affect people whether they say street based one on one you know brothel based mm. that sort of thing it's going to be different and you know of course um so there are some similarities that perhaps for example many sex workers may not feel that safe to register with Centrelink and JobKeeper and JobSeeker and all those mm. sorts of things um, and then there's these different layers of it. So yeah, um, let's just. And of course, the of course the workers who can't access, um, you know, can't access federal financial support at all. So yep. you know, there have been people that yeah, there have been sex workers this year who haven't been able to access any of those um, services. Um, you know, like either they're completely cut out because of, for example, visa status, or they. Um, you know, like you said, it might be that they're simply not able to um, and have to make that choice to, to avoid it and, and, and not have that support. Um, so it's really appalling. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, and this is stuff that we've all known. Um, you know, sex workers have been saying um, this for a long time. Um, but, of course, the, uh, you know, the events of 2020 have, um, you know, have really thrown it into stark relief. It's a, just a, a um, really horrible and, I think, um, illuminating kind of uh, illustration of, of just how dangerous the laws are that we have in Victoria and in Queensland, I should say, as well, where they also have licensing. Yep. I'm going to let people um, just pause and reflect on that. I do, I do have an important message in the context that this week was human rights, so I'm just going to pop you on hold for about um, a minute or so um, to play that message, right. and then we'll come back and talk about how we can shift that, we'll say, short-term and long-term where needed and things we can do coming up this week. So I'll just get you to hang on for um, just about a minute and on 3CR 855 AM. 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the Pan with Sally and guest Dylan from Vixen Collective. Tune in to Invisible Voices 2020 Human Rights Day, a World Human Rights Day special broadcast on 3CR this Sunday, 13th of December, 2 to 4pm during Queer in the Air. Hear about the issues impacting LGBTIQA plus forcibly displaced people in the Asia-Pacific region with the live panel discussion and Q&A from organisations working in Australia, Aotearoa, New Zealand and Thailand. Listen to this special broadcast via 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. This panel is presented by Democracy in Colour and Forcibly Displaced People Network in partnership with 3CR. Absolutely. Stay tuned to 3CR all the way through the afternoon um, with Freedom of Species at one o'clock um, and Psychedelia at two and then that Queering the Air special at three. Sadly, all sorts of people facing marginalisation throughout um, this year. Um, so, Dylan, thanks for hanging on there. Um, much appreciated. 
So, yes, yeah, certainly a difficult year, but um, one would hope on many levels things are beginning to turn a corner. Let's start first is um, how has it been possible for um, sex workers to start getting back to work as restrictions have eased? What does that mean for the various types of work that happen? Um, so at the moment, we're basically back to, broadly speaking, um, back to where we were, you know, before um, before everything um, uh-huh. Became. I don't even. I don't know about you, Sally. I don't even know how to refer to this year at this point. Um, uh, I feel like I just swearing, like a yeah. gesture. Yes, exactly. Um, so before, before you know, before insert this year here, um, we're basically back to where we were. So brothels have reopened. There are some restrictions in place, as you know, as in other businesses um, around you know density and all of those things. Um, uh, and COVID safe plans, of course, um, all the same requirements as for other Victorian businesses. Um, and um, as for private sex workers, so private sex workers have been um, have been, you know, legally permitted um, under the, under COVID restrictions to be back to work for quite a while now. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the what the summer's like. I guess it's. Um, you know, I, I have to say, like myself, like just you know, personally thinking of of my own sex work over the summer, I do feel quite anxious because I'm sure that there's not going to be a lot of money around. You know, mm. um, I do worry that it's going to be hard for, you know, for people to actually make ends meet um, potentially because, um, you know, we're in a recession, right? Um, yep. The sex industry is not recession proof, um, despite mm. despite what people sometimes think. Um, and um, but you know because we do have so many constraints on how you can do sex work um, and and not be breaking the law in Victoria, the options are already quite limited for people, um, and that creates a lot of constraints mm. as well. You know, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But it's definitely um, you know it's definitely really positive, of course, that people are able to to get back to work. Um, yeah, well, step in the right direction. Um, you know, lots of steps there on. Um, and, um, you know, very, very welcome for, um, well, sex workers, but also have you perhaps, I might just ask if you, and if you, mm. if you want to, if you had stories from clients who have, you know, often sex work is their form of support in many ways for various groups and what's sort of been the responses from clients who have been able to get back and enjoy the services again? <sighs> Oh, well, I mean, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask because, of course, as as you know, we only, you know, Vixen Collective provides services to sex workers um, and so we don't um, oh, really... With, yeah, whether you've had um, stories come back to you, you but, know, through the networks and yeah, um, oh, look, I'm, I mean, I haven't personally, but I'm sure that I'm sure that clients are just as, are just as happy to, you know, um, be able to, uh, you know, go back to accessing the services they want to access as, as everybody is, you know, just as excited as I was to be able to go and get my eyebrows threaded again, probably. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I, I don't thread. I, I trim mine. We're looking like um, looking like my, my front <laughs> lawn at home, and I, there's yes, always an image yep. that comes to mind from, said, this classic Warner Brothers cartoon prof- um, PhD person from um, the um, Bar- Rabbit of Seville um, where... Um, Bugs Bunny puts hair fertilizer on Elmer Fudd's face and then has to you know, mow it off with a small lawnmower. I think that's from, <laughs> there's something apropos of nothing. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, it was such was a relief to get uh, back to looking yeah. good. Um, but I think, you know, coming back to serious and relevant stuff, um, let's look at the systemic source of the problem, and that is the laws in Victoria and Queensland. And um, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, the various organisations in the state, in those two um, states, along with Skull, um, you know, put together a webinar on that. But let's focus perhaps just on Victoria, even though the laws are very similar. 
Uh, mm. One of the things that was announced pre-COVID is, an att- is moves to decriminalising and having a more equitable and fair regime. Um, where is there any news to update on that one? Yeah, so um, it, it, things have obviously progressed since we were last um, last having a chat about this. Um, so at this point, um, Fiona Patton has delivered her her report with her recommendations. Um, to the Minister for Consumer Affairs, Melissa Horn, mm-hmm. um, and so those are with the government now. Um, and of course, those uh, those recommendations, um, you know, are the are the product of of the of the review um, and fixing collective and Scarlet Alliance. Um, you know, we dedicated a, a really a lot of energy to making sure that the voices of sex workers in Victoria, um, you know, were really, you know central and, um, you know, the loudest voices, as they should be, because, you know, this is our work and our lives. Um, and so at this point, um, we haven't seen the, the report. The report hasn't been made public. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's an intention to make the report public um, at this point. Um, so we, we're very excited to, to see what's been recommended and, of course, to, to see the government response, which I understand will be sometime in the early part of 2021. Um, so so that's, where, that's where we are. But of course, you know, the terms of reference for the review were to consider how to implement decriminalisation. And, you know, so that's not if, it's how. Mm-hmm. And, and decriminalisation means something really specific. It doesn't have kind of multiple definitions. And I think, you know, unfortunately, because we, we have situations like uh, in New South Wales and New Zealand where... Um, you know, those places are referred to as having decriminalisation, but there are problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in New Zealand, um, particularly the exclusion of, of migrant sex workers who are still criminalised um, oh. is obviously is appalling. Um, and there are some other issues as well. Um, so uh, we're really hoping to see Victoria follow um, in the footsteps of the Northern Territory and yep. genuinely decriminalise sex work and actually listen to um, sex worker organisations about what decriminalisation means. It's not up for negotiation, you know. There's no compromise. It's already yeah. a compromise that we're not asking for, I don't know, $50 million for, for you know, for every, every sex worker in the country or something. Um, we we need decriminalisation um, on, you know, and there's, yeah, there's no negotiation or grey areas about what that means. So the task for the government really is to... Um, you know, have a, a way forward to dismantle the licensing system, which is a lot of work when you have, a, you know, uh, hundreds and hundreds of pages of legislation like that. But they need to repeal the Sex Work Act and other problematic uh, bits of legislation um, and, yeah, achieve decriminalisation. And I, I believe that we can do that. So it's a, it's a very exciting year next year. It'll be a lot of work. But it's very exciting. Well, go- gosh, yes. I mean, I, I mean, you know, this is like you know, top of the list reform, um, sort of, <clears throat> you know, um, perhaps for, if I can use the comparison for trans listeners who are not familiar with the sex work industry, it would be like getting good birth certificate reform or something like that. Um, you know, mm. right at, you know, it's sort of like big ticket item stuff. And we'll, of course, then have so many systemic benefits when it flow, when it flows through. We will say when and, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely mm. when. Definitely when. Yeah. Um, so... We'll keep that vision in mind. Um, just very quickly, because we are near the end of the show, um, on um, into, uh, December 17th, um, 7 p.m. Um, Australian Eastern Summertime, there's a fantastic event where um, people can be, um, who are not, not past or present workers, can support those who are. 
Um, tell us about that event very quickly. Sure. So there's a fantastic online event um, called Glory Hole 3. Mm-hmm. Although if you see it on social media, you'll notice that the spelling's been made creative to avoid ah. the, the anti-sex work filters. Um, uh, and that's the, that's an online storytelling uh, event. Um, it's going to be fantastic. It's the third one of those that's been run this year. Um, there were two really amazing, uh, amazingly attended, um, really successful um versions of this event um, already earlier in the year to fundraise for the um, Emergency Relief Fund for Sex Workers. Um, This event's going to be uh, fundraising for the uh, Scarlet Alliance Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Working Group, um, which is um, a really fantastic initiative, which which needs that money. So if people would like to support that and... um, you know, come along and enjoy an evening of true stories told by sex workers, then um, this is the event for you and you don't even have to leave your house to do it. Um, So, sorry, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. No, that's okay. Sorry, my phone made a very funny noise and I thought that I'd lost you for a second, but we're back. (laughs) We're still here. So, yeah, an event um, put together by Queenie Bonbon and Janelle Rascal and um, Tilly Lawless, Wholesome Slut, Raya X, Lucy B, formerly Betty, Burke, Kirk, Violet Queen, Adelaide Asterix and Lola Olivia, Auslan interpreted, two hours, um, December 17th, 7pm Australian Eastern Summertime. Um, check your time zone conversion guide for local details, as they say. <laughs> um, Dylan, look, thanks for being on the show, um, you know, during the year. Um, you know, it's, I'm not a, I said to our previous guest, I'm not a gambling person, but I will bet any money that 2021's got to be better for everyone, including lots of groups. Um, you know, we ask that if we do seem like we're coming out of the worst of everything, and I do hope that sex workers can, you know, rebuild their lives, including their work, um, um, you know, sort of throughout 2021. And, you know, we'll be um, very much doing what we're, you know, cheering along um, and also hopefully giving practical support when the time comes to make sure that the legislation is the best and gets through as quickly and effectively as possible. And thanks for all your work and all that everything that Vixen and Scarlet and all the great state and territory um, groups do for um, past and present sex workers. Thanks so much, Sally. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, for, for listeners, please yeah, please look out for opportunities to support the the campaign to decriminalise sex work in Victoria in twenty twenty one. It's going to be a fantastic, exciting year for sex workers. Let's do it. Have a safe and happy season, um, Dylan, and we'll catch you next year. Thanks so much, Sally. Bye. <laughs> Bye now. Thanks to um, to, um, Dylan from Vixen Collective. Thanks also once again to Jane Scott from from Flesh After 50. Great causes to support. Um, And, well, um, take it out quickly today with a little bit, um, appropriately enough, of My Sex from an album 79 to 85. And, um, well, a track which sums up the current legal situation for sex workers, Shanghai. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you for the last show live of 2021, of 19, uh, 2020 next week.